Well, good morning. I want to begin this morning by asking you a weird question. Would you say you are happy? Would you say that you are glad? That you are filled with joy? How does that make you feel to be asked that? Like, that makes me feel unhappy to have that asked. I mean, that's a weird question, right? Because I'm asking about your emotional states. And our emotions can just feel so whimsical, like fleeting, maybe even out of our control. And does God even care about our emotions? Are you happy? And that's a hard question too, because it's not really one of those things where you're like, yes, no. Like, that doesn't really feel like that suffices. So, let me ask it again. I'll give you the, the doctor happy scale here, you know? This isn't the pain scale. This is the happiness scale. Where are you on the scale? No, that just feels a little ridiculous too, right? And to be honest, how we feel emotionally is a lot more serious than how silly I'm, I'm making it out to be. Are you happy? This past week, I was not happy. As many of you know, I have the extreme privilege of serving as a pastor uh, to troops in the U.S. Army National Guard as a chaplain. And I have the privilege of being a chaplain to the 101st Engineer Battalion at 600 soldiers. And two weekends ago, when I was away on vacation, I got a phone call. Well, actually, I got a text message that said, Chaplain, I need you to give me a call immediately. And that's like the last thing I ever want to see. And unfortunately, a soldier in my battalion committed suicide um, two weekends ago. It was awful in every way, shape, or form. It was awful. And I spent the better part of the following week with the family, with my soldiers, at the wake, the funeral, the memorial, sitting down with them, hearing their stories, hearing their frustrations, their shame, their guilt, their sorrow, and just everybody wishing beyond everything that it just could be different than what it was. It was an objectively awful week. And it was one of those weeks where it was just like, it was really hard, like, you know, bringing hope is, is that there's clarity there, but it just was one of those weeks it was really hard to tie a bow right on top of and say, you know, it's over, put it to the shelf. And I'll be honest with you, as I was coming back this week, thinking about continuing in our series and preaching a celebrating in the Psalm series, I legitimately had this thought. I don't want to celebrate this week. I, I feel, I'm sad. I'm sad. I'm miserable for this family, for the whole situation. Like, I don't want to celebrate. But you know what? I want to confess this to you. That is total and utter garbage. And sometimes when we're frustrated, we lean into and believe that even though we know that's not where God wants us to be, we almost like hiding in our own misery. And even though we've done work this summer to try to recapture this word celebration and, and, and enlarge it back from where culture has reduced it to, 
and saying this is really about something a lot bigger. It's about stopping together to acknowledge what is worthy of our attention. Acknowledging the person, the God who is worthy of our attention. You know, trying to, to reclaim it from celebration as just this raucous party or this thing you've got to throw on a happy face for. Yes, we've done that work, but at the end of the day, like, there's something about this joy and celebration, like happiness and celebration. There's a reason why they're connected. And I didn't want to celebrate this week because subconsciously in my mind, I felt like this. I felt like I had to be happy and joy-filled in order to celebrate. I thought that celebrating required joy. And that's garbage. I had it backwards. So you know what I did this past week? I I took David's advice from last week. Thank you, David, um, for preaching last week, bringing the Word. I took David's advice and I soaked in the Psalms. And I was working my way through them and I did not want to preach this, but I could not get past Psalm 32. I was struck with this phrase. Blessed is the one. Happy is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one. Happy is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them. And I was struck by it because I was halted in my tracks with frustration at the very real brokenness in the world. And I was halted in my tracks with maybe an overwhelming sense of sorrow for this family, even though that was real and good. But I was overwhelmed by it, and I was definitely halted in my tracks from my own self-pity for having to give up some of my vacation. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. And it was a reminder of perspective. A reminder that though emotions can be fleeting, hear me on this, when I look to the right place and ask myself, am I looking for happiness in the right place? Am I looking for gladness and joy from the right place, from the right person for that matter? It can, it can, hear me in this, it can be sustainably, uniquely, and infinitely met when we celebrate Jesus. And it was this, when we celebrate Jesus, it doesn't require joy. In fact, this is where we receive joy. Celebration, acknowledging God, having our eyes captured by Him is when we get joy and no our passage today is not the message of the prosperity gospel that you know god wants you to be happy that puts the cart you know before the horse has things a little bit backwards but god does want you to be in relationship with him he is calling to you to celebrate him to acknowledge him to know him and that will give real joy i say that really carefully because i'm talking about emotions here but i say that boldly too So honestly, are you happy? Are you filled with joy this morning? And I am asking, are you experiencing the state of emotions, an emotional state of contentment and satisfaction? God is not anti-emotions. And I want us to ask, where does true happiness, true sustaining joy come from? So this morning we're going to live, we're going to soak in Psalm 32. You can find it in your Black Pew Bibles on page 4. 46. Psalm 32, if you don't have a Bible in front of you, you can't find a Black Pew Bible, we'll also have it up on the screen as well. Psalm 32. 
the word of the Lord. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding but must be controlled by bit and bridle or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in Him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. This is the word of the Lord. Did you catch the happiness in the psalm? It starts with the pronouncement. Happy is the one. You might see blessed in in the NIV there. But the Hebrew word for blessed is often translated happy or joy or gladness. Right? Because one cannot feel blessed while also feeling a sense of lacking. There's an emotional connection with the spiritual state. That when God acts to save you and me, it will produce something in us. Even emotionally. And it will cause you to be glad. And so, what is it that causes us to be blessed? To be joy-filled? When we stop hiding from God. That's what we need to hear this morning. When we stop hiding from God and from joy and when we rejoice in our Savior. And this is my prayer this morning. That as we dig into this psalm, that we would begin by celebrating, by stopping together to acknowledge the One who is worthy of our attention and that we would be open. That our lives would be open before the Lord. We wouldn't be hiding. That we'd be ready to be filled, maybe even freshly this morning, maybe even new, with tangible joy, gladness. Maybe we'd even sing, right? Did you catch that at the end of the psalm? But this is the message. Stop hiding from joy and rejoice in our Savior. But there's a problem, and I confessed it earlier in my own life, and we see it right here in the psalm. We hide. Before I get into that, I want to just name something in the room, which is some of you might be really frustrated with me right now. You might be thinking to yourself, happiness is not that simple. You know, whether we are mourning the loss of a dear loved one or whether or not we're facing real, frightening, concerning, financial concerns, our health, the state of our marriages, and whether or not we're in the midst of of broken families, maybe still working through histories of, of addiction or abuse, or perhaps we're struggling with a very real reality of anxiety and depression. Sometimes things are even just chemical imbalances in our brains. 
And you might be thinking, Jake, what you're saying, all this talk about happiness just feels really insincere. Like, like you're, you're oversimplifying what's really hard. And the last thing I want for you to hear this morning is that I have the three-step method for happiness. You know, just you know, stop being a worrywart. You know, two, sing, voila, happiness. You know, and that's the last thing I'd want you to hear this morning. Absolutely not. But I do want to speak clearly here and say this. I do believe that no matter what, this morning, there is an offer from Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, for a fullness of joy in Him. That is what He says in the book of John. We'll talk more about that later. And the second thing that I do want to say with clarity is that I believe that one of the curses of sin is this. That our own hearts, by the very nature of the curse of sin, are inclined to hide from joy. And this is a daily struggle for a lot of us. All of us. Each of us. We somehow begin to believe somewhere deep down that somehow if we could just do life perfectly, independently, on our own, if we could finally just get things right, then maybe we wouldn't even need God. There's something about the very curse of sin that causes us, it allures us to hide. Did you catch the hiding in the psalm? In David's words, he began by stating this truth. It starts like the, a wisdom psalm. It sounds almost like a proverb. Blessed is the one. Almost sounds like a beatitude. Blessed is the one. And he begins with this great principle and truth. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them. But did you notice what happens in verse 3? It turns. And David said, But I wasn't paying attention to that wisdom phrase. And here's the hiding. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. I mean, on the doctor happy face scale, he's describing misery. We're all the way to the extreme here, the end. He says, when I kept silent, when he kept silent, he's describing when he knew the brokenness, maybe the sin, maybe he knew where he was in error in his life and kept silent. When he refused to open up to God. He says he felt like his bones were wasting away. Doctors have this thing they call psychosomatic illness. It's where your, your mental anguish is to such a degree that it is experienced in physical pain. You just like hear it in that. My bones were wasting away. David's describing hiding. How do we know this? He says, day and night your hand was heavy on me. He knows that God knows his heart. God's not ignorant of the reality of what's going on in David's own mind and in his own heart. In fact, he describes God's hand as heavy on him. It felt like 
It's like he felt that, that God was right there beside him. And there was something maybe even frightening about that. Something heavy, maybe even painful, terrifying. And he responded by being silent, remaining silent. Can you relate to this at all? I mean, have you ever felt like you've hidden from God? Do you feel like maybe you're hiding from God right now as I'm describing this? Because honestly, I know I have. And I don't know why I did it. I don't know why I do it. But I do. And I think somewhere, maybe because it's, I'm just really stubborn. And I believe that there, you know, life maybe would just be easier if I could just look like I got everything together and perfect. There's something maybe seemingly safer about pretending like it's all together. And if I could venture a guess, I'm guessing you know exactly what that feels like. To feel the weight of your sin, your shame, your guilt, and just say, like, I think it's just easier to hide it. It's just easier to feel the, the, the fleeting allure of, of just, we're not going to go there yet. And to be honest, this is the story of all people at all times. That's a really big phrase to claim. Adam and Eve in the garden. When they walked with God in perfect relationship with the Lord, in loving relationship with everything they need, and yet they broke that relationship. And what did they do? They hid. We all do this. And I want to ask, why? Why do we hide? I mean, like, what if we didn't have to? What if we legitimately did not have to? What if it was so utterly clear that we didn't have to hide? That it was so much better not to hide? Would we believe it? What if a deeper joy than pretending to be perfect was available to us if we would simply trust God? What if the God who we continually feel like we have to hide from was actually just waiting for us with open arms? And this gets to what we hide from. I think it's joy. It's as simple as that. We hide from joy. So I started by asking a really ridiculous question. I'm going to ask one that maybe feels even more ridiculous. Are you good? Would you claim that word for yourself? Are you good? How about the word innocent? Here's one that, that, that is really hard for people. How about righteous? That's a hard one, right? Mike, let me ask you a question. Have you placed your trust in Jesus Christ as Lord? You are good. You are declared innocent. You are declared righteous. I would argue that one of the biggest problems in the church is that we forget the answer to that question. Are you good? I would argue that a quick glance at Christians, particularly in New England, reveals the frozen chosen that maybe, just maybe, we got our minds wrapped around shame. 
maybe, just maybe, we've really got it wrapped around shame and brokenness. But I would argue that we, in so many ways, have forgotten the most important part of the Gospel. That when Jesus came and died and rose again from the dead, He offered to us righteousness. How do you respond when I ask that question? Are you good? It probably felt really weird for me to do that to you, Mike. (laughs) That's right. The Bible says that Jesus, that God made Him who had no sin in Him to be sin for us so that in Him Hear it. We might become the righteousness of God. Holy moly, hallelujah. And why would we ever forget or hide from that? David said, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them. And David is saying this before Christ, and without going into like the whole Old Testament views on atonement, we're not going there. Like, know that what we have right now, this isn't in part, but this is the identity of the disciple of Jesus. If you have placed your faith and your trust in Jesus, the Lord does not count anything against you. Your errors, your faults, your failings, your sickness, your guilt, your shame, any of it against you. That He died on our behalf. And that the righteousness that was true of Jesus Christ, God counts and reckons it to us. He has freely given it to us. And you are declared because of Jesus once and for all good. Innocent and righteous. Do you know that? Do you know that deeply? Like, stop and think about it for a second. I can't say it without having just like a little bit of a smile, and it's not a contrived smile. Like, knowing that God loves us in this way, that He says, Come and meet with me, that He gives us His Holy Spirit, that He, the living God, would reside in our hearts, dwell in our very being, that we would be united with Christ. That is a happy, blessed, joy-filled state. And if you're feeling like hiding, let me ask, why? 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 Oh, why? The psalmist clearly says it's not a very good idea. (laughs) After he paints the picture of the agony of hiding, the psalm says, Salah. It's It's taking a break. We can all take a break. After that happens, the psalmist changes his tune. (laughs) Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover, I did not hide my iniquity. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. The joy-filled, blessed state that we are offered in Jesus Christ when your sins are forgiven by the Almighty. There's no words for it. 
And I've spent a lot of time considering this. And I, I believe that one of the very specific ministries that, that the Lord has placed on my heart in this season and in this church as the pastor, the associate pastor of discipleship, is, is one that honestly I think I need to hear maybe more than anybody. <laughs> but it's this. It's the renewal of the joy of our salvation. The joy of our Savior. It's being captured by the goodness of the Gospel. It's not about a fake, contrived, put on a happy face, drummed up joy. It's about being open to receive what Jesus freely offers. I said I would talk about what Jesus said in the Gospel of John. He said to the disciples, all these things I told you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. It may be full. His joy would be given to us. So today I pray that as we celebrate Jesus, as we just take this time to have our eyes, our gaze lifted towards Him, that you would know the joy-filled relationship the knowledge of our Savior that is offered to us so utterly freely. It is not earned, but it is given. And that this would be our posture this week. Stop hiding from joy. It's ridiculous, and yet we do it. And we would rejoice in our Savior. And so I want to ask, you know, how do we celebrate this week? Because that's what we've been doing throughout the series. That we've really prayed that it's, it would be um, a series that would equip us to know what does it even look like to celebrate? How do we do this? And I don't think it's complicated this week, but I think, I think it's hard. If there is a place in your heart that you know you are hiding from God, I want you to just consider it. Whether you've placed your trust in Jesus 50 years ago, five months ago, or you're still considering whether or not you feel like He's trustworthy. I want you to ask, where do you feel like maybe you're hiding from God? Perhaps it's hiding from His grace. And you feel like maybe the words of Psalm 51 of David are just, those are your words. My sin is right here in front of me. It is always before me. I know it. I see it, and for whatever reason, I'm just, maybe I don't trust that His grace is good enough. Maybe I think somehow it would be better if I didn't have to need that grace. Whatever the reason is, and I don't want to say that too harshly either. Like, I know this. My sin is right here in front of me. Let me ask, why hide? Do we know the Savior that's waiting with open arms. And perhaps it's Jesus' Lordship. Maybe we are holding on to anger or frustration and perhaps even at God. Perhaps we know exactly what the Lord is calling us into and yet it's a little bit scary to obey. It's a little bit scary to go there and we've been unwilling do we know the Savior that is waiting for us with open arms? Perhaps it's hiding from, from serving because we, we just know how broken we are. 
and we feel like there's a lot of shame and guilt and anxiety over it, I'm not ready yet to do that. Do we know the Savior that's waiting with open arms? That if He could save you, He sure as heck can use you. Where are you hiding from God? Perhaps the invitation this week is to unburden. To unload. To all those who are weary or heavy laden, unload yourself at the feet of Jesus and He will give you rest. And we do so at the feet of Jesus because He is faithful and just and capable to forgive us, to pull us to Himself, to provide us with life in His name. He's capable of taking on that burden. What a joy that is. And this morning, I'm using this phrase, rejoice. It comes right out of verse 11 in the psalm. Rejoice and be glad. Rejoice. Regain joy. Remember joy. Reenact. Replay. Rehearse. Rerun through that gospel again one more time this morning. And remember the joy of a life deeply lived with Jesus, with God, not in hiding. It is the true source of joy. Happiness in anything else will feel fleeting. But a life with God is a life that is promised, sustaining, permanent, and sure. Not emotional happiness, but deep, enduring joy in him. And I want us to take this morning five minutes to do what the psalmist did. Come out of hiding. And I want us to maybe even consider the words of the psalmist. If verse 1 through 5, if the, that, that captures something in your own heart, the wisdom of verses 1 and 2, the reality of verses 3 and 4 of where you've been, and the invitation to give it to him. And take this time. Use this prayer. May it be yours. But however it's, it's needed or required, I want to encourage you this morning, consider what it looks like to unburden and just reenact the Gospel in your life. The fact that Jesus has died for you. He offers you the righteousness of God in His name. Living into that truth this morning. So we're going to take five minutes. Spend it with the Lord. However, in whatever posture you need, and I'll gather us back together. Let's go now to the Lord. Open, unburdened before Him. Holy God, I just want to pray right now, Father, for those of us who may be struggling with frustration, and anger, resentment, maybe even at You, Lord. God, we ask that You would begin to soften our hearts. Lord, we know You are good. We know that You are holy. We know that You are righteous. And Your grace is astounding. Help us to never forget that. 
May You move in our hearts, in our lives. Give us the ability, the willingness to rejoice in You, our Savior. Hallelujah. You are love. You are compassion. You are grace. You are majestic. God, I pray that as we continue to celebrate this summer, You, Father, as we continue to say, we just want our eyes to be transfixed on You, to be caught by You, Lord, that You would just eliminate any of these lies that say we got to do this from a place of contrived happiness, God. But Lord, You would just call us to see You, to see You clearly. And in that, Lord, may our hearts be open to the joy that You give. The joy that is known in living life with You in Your name and in relationship with You. So God, for anybody in the room who is feeling still the allure of hiding, Lord, I pray that You would give them an openness. Lord, You just begin to crack open the door. And God, this is a raw place to be as well, to feel like we're coming out of hiding, Lord. And so I pray that You would give us wisdom. Pull alongside people to come and love. Lord, give us wisdom to know what it looks like to come out of hiding before You and come out of hiding before Your children, Lord. Give us wisdom in that. Give us discernment in that. Raise up those people who would come to be able to speak truth and love and encouragement alongside of each one of us, God. May we stop together as a body of believers to celebrate You, God. Lord, we love You. Your Word is filled with life. It gives us life. It gives us joy. And we cling to that joy this morning. Stir in our hearts. Not a fake smile, Lord but true joy in knowing You, Jesus Christ our Savior. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.